One of the truly most wonderful things about being at Northminster is to get to worship with the leadership of our church's organ and our church's choir, for which I have always been thankful, never more so than today. Thank you. Thank you to the worship committee for using the red paraments today, which Beth Israel gave to us 50 years ago. They had given us a home when we had no home. When we finally had a home, they gave her a red dress to wear. So thank you for bringing out the 50-year-old red paraments today. Thank you to Chairman Elford and Pastor Leslie and Pastor Major for your powerful and beautiful words today. You know, you can hear from back there and I almost didn't make it around because I was too busy listening to the powerful and beautiful words which you dear and good souls were saying for all of us in the worship of God today. So thank you, all of you. The peace of our Lord be with you. Tucked away in a quiet corner of Marilyn Robinson's remarkable novel, Gilead, there is a tender moment when the old preacher, John Ames, looks back across his long pastoral life and says, I wrote all my sermons out, word for word. They're in a box up in the attic now. 50 sermons a year for 45 years, not counting funerals, 2,250 sermons, he continued, sifting my thoughts and choosing my words, trying to say what is true. After which, he concluded, I have been boring a lot of people for a long time. <laughs> All of which is true as well for me. 45 years since my ordination at Log Cabin Baptist Church on Napier Avenue in Macon, Georgia. 45 years, 2,000 and something sermons, roughly half of which happened here. About 1,000 Northminster sermons, all of which now come down to a single, single, simple summing up of a handful of big ideas which have occupied much of our time together, one of which is the wide circle of love and welcome which we found in this morning's epistle lesson, our passage from Hebrews calling us to a life of empathy and solidarity with those who are suffering and struggling, an epistle passage 
which when joined to today's wide circle, crowded table gospel lesson from Luke reminds us that the closer we get to Jesus, the wider we draw our circle of hospitality and welcome. I am not talking about the I-20 Jesus who owns most of the landscape between Atlanta and Dallas, the conventional wisdom Jesus of our creation. I'm not talking about that Jesus. I'm talking about the Jesus of this morning's gospel lesson. The closer we get to that Jesus, the wider we draw our circle of hospitality and welcome. Sitting down with and standing up for whoever in our world is most marginalized and ostracized, stigmatized and dehumanized, vulnerable and voiceless, ridiculed and oppressed, left out and alone. That is what we do and that is how we live, not because we have made a political decision to be progressive or an ideological decision to be liberal, but because we have made a spiritual decision to follow Jesus. And the closer we get to the real Jesus, the Jesus of this morning's gospel lesson, the wider we draw our circle of welcome which has been one of the central concerns of our life together. Another of which has been the spiritual discipline of careful speech. Speech which is intentional, mindful, truthful, careful, prayerful, and kind. Kindness being another fundamental virtue which we have all sought to practice together. The sort of mindful, thoughtful, gentle kindness we all need both to give and to receive because all of us are at least a little broken in ways known and unknown. And all of us are hurting in one way or another, in ways seen and unseen, which has been another frequent theme of our now long life together. The fact that so many are hurting so deeply and are in such need of the comfort and courage we draw from one another in the family of faith. How many times have we said and heard across our thousand Sundays together that there is a long list of ways things can go wrong in this life, and while none of us will go through all of them, all of us will go through some of them. The Spirit of God and the people of God helping us to go through things that are so difficult and painful and long that if someone had told us ahead of time we were going to have to go through them, we would have sworn that we would never make it, but we do. We do go through 
surrounded and supported by the Spirit of God and the people of God, we somehow have the strength to stay on our feet, keep moving, and go through what we did not get to go around, which may be the one thing about which we have thought the most across these past thousand Sundays, except, of course, for that one other thing, that one thing which Jesus said matters most, which is that we love God with all that is in us and that we love all others as we wish all others to love us. Around here, we like to call it the cross-formed life. Our lives stretched up to God in centering prayer and worship and stretched out to others in welcome and hospitality, empathy and compassion, solidarity and justice. The central standard by which Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 40 that all other scripture and all tradition must be judged and measured. Everything else Jesus said hangs on these two things. Love God with all that is in you. And love all others as you wish all others to love you. Our central standard our anchor, the lens of love through which we read all the varied voices in Scripture and through which we see all persons. Which brings us back to where we started, to the simple central truth that the deeper we go in our life with God, the wider we grow in our love for the world until the size of the circumference of the circle of our welcome becomes the same as the size of the circumference of the circle of welcome around God, which according to Revelation 5.13 is a circle of joyful welcome as wide as the whole human family and all creation. Every creature, says the writer of the Revelation, you can say it, I know you know it by heart by now, every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, and in the sea, singing together forever around the throne of God. No matter how long it takes, the grace of God ultimately triumphing and prevailing over all, for all. God's final and eternal summing up by gathering up the whole human family and all of creation because, children of God, this is God's world. And in God's world, God gets the last word.
And if the last word said is going to be God's, then the last thing done is going to be good. Not for some, but for all. Beyond that, there isn't much more for me to say other than thank you. On behalf of Marcia, Joshua, Maria, and myself, thank you for the way you welcomed us into your care 25 years ago in August 1997. And 25 years later, thank you for all the kindness and generosity and patience and love which you have shown to me and to our once small, now large family throughout our now long life together, which, as simple as it seems, is, uh, from where I'm standing, the best word to be the last word, thank you.